Welcome to the Well-Read Podcast, a bi-weekly discussion on books and reading. I'm Hallie. And I'm Anne. And we are librarians who love to read and talk about books. And today it's our 100th episode. Oh my gosh. Anne. I know. Congratulations to you. It only I don't know. Like seven years. As long as we got there, that's all that matters. I know. So, yes, congratulations. I've enjoyed recording all these episodes with you. Yeah, we've had a great time and it's it's been it's been like nonstop fun the entire time, which is I don't I don't have a lot of things in my life that I've thought this has stayed consistently fun. Yeah, yeah, I know, because when we took our break and didn't do it for several years, uh, it was something I missed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad we were able to pick it back up and continue on. Yeah. So today we asked you all if you had any questions for us. So this episode is just going to be a little bit different uh, where we answer some listener questions and talk a little bit about some of the behind the scenes stuff and more personal things. And then uh, at the end, we'll share what we're reading this week, as always, um, but maybe less <laughs> less book talk this this time than usual. Um, but hopefully still enjoyable. If you've listened to us for a while, you might enjoy hearing some of the behind the scenes things. All right, so I'm just going to dive in and start reading off some questions. And Anne doesn't know what order these questions are coming in, so all a surprise. <laughs> that might bite me in the end. No. Well, so I know exactly which one I want to start with because when I saw it, it made me laugh because it is, why does Allie start and end each episode? Is there a reason? <laughs> and I'm like... That's a good question. Why do I start and end the episode? Well, I know the reason. I think I know the reason. I think the reason is because this was my idea originally to do this podcast. And I had to a little bit convince Anne. Not a lot, but a little bit uh-huh. convince Anne. And part of it, I think, was me kind of taking the lead maybe on doing it. Is that fair to say? That is what? not what I would have said. Really? But I think that is fair. I think I think that that... I mean, the way the podcast started, I know we've said this before, that the, mm. the podcast started because we were going to do a program at, the, at our library mm. that was about podcasts. Mm. And, and because we worked with a lot of, um, uh, it, it was a heavy retirement community. Mm. And so we thought we're, we're going to do this like introduction to how podcasts work mm. and, and show how there's all these different topics and things. And then, and then as soon as that got brought up, I was like, I know what's going to happen from this, and I don't like it one bit. <laughs> and of course, it got brought up where you said, "Why don't we do a podcast?" And I was like, "Crap, dang it, this is actually going to happen." And so it's been great. It's but but you know, I was afraid of it. But um, but I think that that yes, it was it was sort of like you were you were more on board with mm-hmm. it. But we did. The first couple of episodes, we did try to go back and forth. Oh, did we? I didn't remember yeah, that. Yeah, because I think maybe the second episode, I I did the the intro and outro. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I listened to it to to do the show notes, I said, I'd never want to do that again. I, <laughs> I hate my voice. I hate how stupid I sound. Like, I sound super formal. I don't want to do this. And I, I said, I think it'll be a better podcast if you, if you do this stuff. Oh, and so funny. it became like... It, I, I think it's a lot better. That's that so funny. I didn't remember that. I just thought it was like I was more comfortable. I re- I, I remember when we first started, we used to record together in right. a room together. Uh, right. And part partly because, if I'm remembering correctly, you felt more comfortable if we did it face to face versus 
right um, in different locations yeah. and so um in my mind I, I somehow I extrapolated that to be like well I was sort of more comfortable and so it made more yeah. sense that I would be the one to kind of like introduce and close yeah. out each episode and well and, we and I think that it. is true mm-hmm. that but we we did try the one time I don't and remember I, that. That's I funny. just hated it that's so funny so. All right. well it works for us i'm sorry yeah. the the listener who asked that question was asking because she'd rather we mix it up each episode but i don't <laughs> think that's going to happen we're in a we're in a routine now sort yeah. of way we're going to do it yeah uh so the same listener asked another question which also made me laugh which was do you edit the episodes or do you just record start to finish <laughs> You wouldn't think we edit them, would you? <laughs> but we do. But not, it's not like, like the way I read that episode, that, that question is, is, is like, do we, do we splice things together? Right. Do we like, like, like we do record it from start to finish. Yes. We just take out asides. Right. And so, sometimes yes. we screw things up, but we, yeah. we don't take out a lot of that i don't no, think i we leave a, i mean so i'm the one who edits uh and does the show notes i do the editing and mm-hmm. i think i'm kind of a lazy editor but when i <laughs> we are often i will say we are often recording very close to the time that we want to post our episodes so right. i don't often allow a lot of time for editing i will say uh because i want to kind of get it out and posted uh and so yes i i basically edit out we often in that little pause where we put music in between the main part of the episode and then what we're reading that week Uh sometimes we will have a little side conversation at that point so i'll edit that out obviously and sometimes we'll we'll have a moment where our dogs our dogs are barking in the background or we sneeze (laughs) or things like that that I, i do try to take them out if it's not going to affect the the talking part of the episode you know it's not going to remove any any content that we want yeah um, or sometimes so I, we just kind of screw up like yeah there have been plenty of times i've started to talk about a book where i i have said i mean i guess not plenty of times but but more than once i've mm-hmm. said ah this, i'm not i'm not getting my my words out right can right, we just start right, that over start and that. but that's that's pretty rare yeah. i would say and and yeah. so um i think that at the beginning I don't know if I can say this, but we had a we had our our mm-hmm. editor at mm-hmm. the at the library who mm-hmm. was was helping us out, and he at first was do, started doing the editing, and we thought he over edited, yes. and we didn't yes. like how it sounded, yeah. and he he kept saying it sounds more professional and polished, yeah. and we said, but it doesn't sound like, like us, right. yeah, and so so I think that um, like obviously it would be great if I didn't say um all the time, mm-hmm. but I don't think that that sounds natural too. Right. To me, and right. and you could hear kind of the splices a little bit, I think. Mm-hmm. So, or the cuts, I should say. Right. So, so I I am that was I think just a decision we, that we were on the same page with that we wanted it to sound a little bit more natural than right. Right. than overly produced. Right. Yeah. At one point, do you remember? And he sped up. Our, yes. Our <laughs> and I went to listen to it. I said, "Were we on crack? Right. Why are we talking?" so quickly well and both of us listened independently and we we messaged each other and said did you like i hadn't seen your message yet when i messaged you and and couldn't believe how crazy we sounded and he listened to everything at double speed and so to him it sounded natural yes and yeah we sounded high (laughs) it was very fast (laughs) 
Okay, next question. So this is a good segue because we just talked about when we started, uh, we used to record in the same location. Um, So we have a question. How did you learn how to do your podcast remotely and how do you make it sound like it's in person? You guys never talk over each other as I'd expect would happen if you're trying to hear each other remotely. That's a very nice compliment. That is a very nice compliment. So we use a very... Uh, obscure tool called Facebook Messenger (laughs) to call each other (laughs) and then we each record our sides of the conversation and then Anne basically uploads her side of the conversation and I download it and mush it together with my side of the conversation and then I edit that sound recording that has both sides of of the recordings so it usually works out pretty well every once in a while there will be a little internet glitch on one of our ends that gets us mm-hmm. off timing yeah and it it's pretty apparent pretty quickly and it's it's easy enough to kind of cut what you need to cut to get the the timing back but yeah that's what we do we just basically have a we sit in our individual homes and we have microphones and headsets and we talk to each other through Facebook Messenger. And at first at first we tried doing it on video because mm-hmm. we thought this will help us to mm-hmm. to make it um, flow a little bit better and mm-hmm. then it just didn't seem to matter and so right. so maybe the first three times mm-hmm. we, we were separate from each other. Mm-hmm. We tried to do it over video mm-hmm. and it just was it, it hasn't made a difference mm-hmm. as far as I can tell so um, but I think the key thing to to point out is that we we made it up as we went along. Oh, yeah. We don't know what we're doing. Are you kidding me? So, so we've been just really lucky that things mm-hmm. worked out because mm-hmm. because we didn't like at first we tried clapping to see. Oh yes, I like that was the that. very first time that that we were we were told that was a good way to get it synced, and then we just stopped doing that, and it it just has worked. So yeah. I say. Are you recording? And Anne says, yes, I'm recording. (laughs) And then we start. And then often I have to, I will say, I have to trim the very beginning to to line us up, to line the recordings up. And then, yeah, that's it. And yeah, Jeremy, Jeremy helped us actually. I should give him credit. Uh, My fiance, Jeremy, uh, helped when we first went to recording in different places. He did a fair bit of research about microphones and he got me all set up with Audacity so I could mm-hmm. do the editing. And he was very, very helpful uh, because it felt very overwhelming. I think it's actually pretty straightforward now that we right. know it. I mean, it's, it, it's not complicated at all, but it right. did feel a little bit overwhelming to think of setting it up to do remotely after we had done it with equipment that was all set up. And we did have, as Ann just mentioned, a, an editor who knew uh, recording equipment really well so he would get everything set up for us when we started right we would and just we... basically walk in and sit down and start recording right and so then when we went to separate places we had to figure it all out ourselves right but... and we kind of felt like there's thousands of people who do this all right. the time right. so it, it can't be it can't be the worst thing on right. earth and we right. can figure this out but but we didn't know where to start and so yeah. um so it all it all worked out yeah yeah and at the time i remember many of the podcasts I listened to that had multiple hosts were not in the same place. They were right. 
they were doing the exact same thing we do. So I thought, well, clearly this is this is an easy thing to figure out. We just have to figure it out. So, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so we have a few questions about the committee that we were on that I thought we could um, kind of group together here. Oh, okay. Uh, we did get a couple of questions, and I thought, oh, we probably never did really explain this very well. A uh, question came in asking what our committee was, that we refer to our committee, <laughs> but we don't often say what it is, if it was local, regional, what it is. Uh, so it is part of the American Library Association, as you know. Uh, we're both librarians, and that is our national association. And it is part of a what they call an interest group, which is basically just different divisions uh, within the, the big organization based on if you're in academic libraries or public libraries or school libraries, there are all these different uh, divisions that are made up of people in that part of the profession. Uh, and so this is a committee that's part of the basically public library readers, reader and use, user services um, right. section. And so it's called the reading list. Um, yeah, it's part of ALA. <laughs> so um, that I'm guessing we've, we've, I don't, I maybe said that way back at the beginning when I talked about it, but I don't know that we referred to that very often. So yeah. that was a great question. Um, okay, and then we had another question that was, can you explain more about how you get the initial book ideas for the committee you're on? You say you nominated something for a certain category, but is there a publisher or a group that's giving you a cross-section of books to choose from in the first place? There are a lot of books in the world. There are a lot of books in the yeah. world. Yeah, and the answer to that is no. <laughs> um, it's just that... This will sound kind of kind of um, um, self self important, but we're we're just really immersed in the book world, right, right. and so so these are this. I mean, you and I both are surrounded by books all day mm-hmm. for for work, and so and so it's just stuff that comes across our notice, and so so it isn't that we we were sent um, like a for your consideration mm-hmm. list or anything like that from from publishers. It's just anything that that sounds fun and and because you're you're just paying attention then you you see stuff and there there are so many things I didn't put on the list that like mm-hmm. I, I think I suggested like 60 maybe books mm-hmm. I want to say and some people did way more than that some people mm-hmm. did way way less than that um and I could have done a lot more like I tried to be really discerning about what I added and so yes. so it really is just how the, the volume that we're seeing in our our everyday lives that then sort of inform Right. what we decide to request for the committee. Yeah, I mean, uh, I read reviews and pay attention kind of to, yeah. to what's being talked about, what's being, uh, what, what, what are getting good reviews, I would say, either right. listener or no, listener, you know, reader reviews or professional journal reviews, what, whatever it is, like things that are getting good buzz. I always think about... Uh, you know, should I should I suggest that? And I think we all feel a particular affinity towards certain genres and want to make sure that we are really kind of scouring what's being published to make sure that we are considering any any well, hi Joseph uh, that yeah. we are considering any possible really great book. You know, we don't want anything yeah. slipping through the cracks. So I think uh, for me, it's kind of relationship fiction and romance and historical fiction and thrillers to an extent it's like I want to make sure that I'm I'm paying close attention to those and then 
there are certainly I, I'm I'm looking across all the genres, but I I know somebody like Anne who knows mysteries really well is probably going to be play, paying pretty close attention to mysteries. So then right. I can be pretty sure that books that are going to come into my life and my house are going to, there's going to be something there that then I could I could consider. Yeah, and and thankfully other people on our committee are more interested in in um some genres that have right. more of a um a presence in smaller publishers. Right. And so they were generally requesting things that that are are things that I would I know the publishers, but not necessarily those books specifically because mm-hmm. that's just not my interest. But, mm-hmm. but, um, but I don't. I didn't feel like, and, and maybe you you mm-hmm. felt differently about this, but I didn't feel like I was doing any extra research necessarily no. to no. to add things. It was just the stuff that I was seeing as part of my my working day mm-hmm. that I would I would, it would just ping something in my head mm-hmm. that I should add that to the list. Yeah, I would do especially when I was this most recent year when I was chair. I would do every, gosh, I don't even think every month I would do it. Probably every couple of months, I would go through and do some searches in novelist for, in the different genres for starred review, starred reviews and things like that, just to make sure, not, nothing had slipped through the cracks again. You mm-hmm. know, I would I would see is there something that has four starred reviews across these different journals that we haven't requested. Um, but again, I feel like that's probably because I was the chair. I don't think I did that in previous years very much. Mm-hmm. I think it was more like I was wanting to make sure we had a really comprehensive set of books to consider. Yeah, because you don't want to look stupid and, and well, like yeah, have everyone yeah. say, mm-hmm. like, why didn't you consider this when it was a major book? Right. So I'm just wanting to make sure that we kind of kept an eye on it. And, and it was important to... I think all of us on the committee that we had a diverse set of authors and perspectives represented. And so mm-hmm. sometimes I would do some, some searches for that purpose to just to make sure we had a variety, a variety of identities represented on our, yeah. on our uh, consideration list. So, um, and I could see some other people on our committee who don't, who, who are librarians, but aren't working with genre fiction right. that maybe it would take a little bit more, yeah. concerted effort to to find those things yeah. like now at work I do in in the last few months I've been uh, moved over to the nonfiction team and so I'm kind of anticipating that mm-hmm. it will take me a little bit more effort this time to to find things but yeah. the the type of work I was doing last year was um, pretty perfect for finding mm-hmm. like one of the, the projects that I work on mm-hmm. or worked on every month was was finding the books that were coming out that mm-hmm. that libraries could be interested in and so I'm seeing right. everything that's right. Right. being published so it, it just wasn't uh, any extra effort on my part uh, all right so a few more questions about the committee specifically uh, do you get to DNF a book or do you have to read the books I thought that was a good question yeah uh, so the understanding and expectation is that you will read all of the nominated titles uh, and you will give those a, a thorough review I would say um, you've obviously heard us all talk about how much you have to read uh, for this committee, especially certain times of the year. And so I think that people had different methods of reading every single book from start to finish. Uh, there could be some skimming going on at times, but there's definitely a concerted effort to to read as much of every page of every book as possible, I will say. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as do not, you know, DNFing a book, 
not finishing a book. I think plenty of times when trying to find nominations, you don't finish books. You start right. something and think, even the book you enjoy, you start and think, oh, this isn't going to be a good fit for whatever reason. Maybe mm-hmm. it's too literary. Maybe it's uh, a really enjoyable book, but not one that you think it's going to rise to the top. So you just kind of have to think about, is it worth the time that you would want to devote to reading it or should you set it aside and move on to another book? So I think there's plenty of, of not finishing happening leading up to when you have to read the nominated titles to find what you're going to nominate. Right. But the expectation is that you will read the nominated titles um, pretty pretty thoroughly or as close to thoroughly as you can. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, and then how many books did you have to read in each category before you narrow it down to the shortlist and the winner? Uh, so that's a more complicated question, actually. It's yeah. not, there, isn't a, <laughs> there isn't a straightforward answer. It's kind of a multi-tiered nominating and reading and voting system. So I would say 14 people on the committee, I'm trying to think of the numbers, uh, 25 to 30 titles in each category were probably read by all of the committee members or something close to that. Um, but right. it's, it's kind of fuzzy math because it's just the way the way the committee is set up. And I don't want to get into the details because I don't think it's interesting to anybody except the people that are on the committee. <laughs> uh, so I'm not going to get into it. But yeah, so I would say ultimately the committee members have to read I think last year when we talked about it, most of the committee, we didn't we didn't discuss it this year, but I think most of the committee members read between 200 and 250 books in mm-hmm. a year, um, which I think is about standard. Uh, I think more than 250 is probably not necessary, uh, and less than 200 is tough, I would say. I would right. Guess. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's um, and, and a little bit too of how you stagger things. Like, mm-hmm. I was dumb because I traveled for Christmas. And mm-hmm. so once I got back, I had, there are a lot of books that I would have liked to have read last, that mm-hmm. like in the calendar last year mm-hmm. <laughs> and that got shifted to this year. And mm-hmm. so, um, and so it, 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 it can be, it can be, it's, it's intense. It's just, yep. it's really intense. It's fun. But yeah. It's intense. Yep. There's a lot of reading. Okay. So I think that's it. Um, for the committee questions. So we will go on. We have some kind of personal questions that people are asking. Um, (laughs) Hallie, where are you going on your honeymoon? (laughs) I am going to Mexico. Uh, We actually went to a resort right after we got engaged for just a few days and we really liked it. And we started looking at honeymoon destinations and we kept comparing everything in our minds to, well, will it be as great as this resort that we went to and when we finally thought why don't we just go back to that resort because we know we (laughs) liked it and we know exactly what to expect and we would look we would just spend the next I don't know at what point we chose our honeymoon destination let's say six months before the wedding you know we'd spend the next six months looking forward to going to that that place so that's what we're doing and we're going for 10 days and you're catching me on a day where that's seeming like the most fun part of this whole experience. (laughs) Uh, There's a lot of logistics in coordinating 
uh, any event I think where people are coming in from out of town and people are staying different places and you want to make sure they have a good time and that is where you are catching me today so <laughs> I am very much looking forward to that thank you for asking me about it uh, all right next question and which okay. sister do you like best and why is it Elizabeth <laughs> I wonder where that came from. <laughs> Let me tell you a story about my sister Elizabeth. Okay. When when I was a kid, she told me that she had never eaten any of the cherries on any Sunday she had ever had through her entire life. So I would have been like seven probably, and that means that she would have been fifteen, I guess. Okay. Um and and about that age range, like give or take a couple of years. And so, uh-huh. um, and so I, of course, didn't believe her and said, it was like, no, there's no way, there's no way. And she's like, yes, this is true. And so I said, well, show, and she said she had saved them. Uh-huh. And so she said, I, I was like, well, show them to me. And so she, she comes in with this like jewel, like little, like cardboard jewelry box, like uh-huh. a, like a really cheap one that has all these dirty, gross cherries like maraschino cherries in it and i was so impressed and so then as like later on of course she just like took a bunch from a jar and rolled them in dirt and then came in (laughs) and showed them to me but this is this is a great example of uh my other sister doesn't listen to this so i i will say my that elizabeth is my favorite sister because (laughs) because she's the one that listens um (laughs) so so that's but that's the kind of relationship we have of of her uh being an older sister who is was constantly trying to entertain her much younger uh sister and by entertained i mean uh not not uh you know, mess with. Yeah, right, mess right, with right. is a fair a fair assessment, but in a very good-hearted way, so. Oh. Well, and I've gotten to meet Elizabeth, and I like Elizabeth quite a lot, so I think that's a good choice. But I've never met your other siblings. So. Right. <laughs> if they were asking, I would have stories about them as well. Yes, that's an excellent story. <laughs> um, all right, and then let's see. Let's go to another question. Uh, which what comment do you hear the most about the podcast? <laughs> Why doesn't Anne talk loudest? Oh, Any louder? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why is the sound so off? Right. <laughs> because I'm a naturally very loud talker and Anne is naturally very soft talker and it's very hard to even that out on a recording. Yeah. And we always think that we have, like like every time that we think we've got it, then someone says, we can't hear Anne again. And yeah. so... Um, it just comes down to we do the best that we can with mm-hmm. not having any experience or knowledge. So. Yep. Yep. So sorry. So sorry. <laughs> so sorry. If you're still listening after, at 100 episodes, hopefully it doesn't bother you that yeah. much. We also have, have realized um, that it it does change quite a bit if you listen with earbuds or yes. not. Yes. And so we have been trying to um, – be aware that if you're yeah. not listening with earbuds, then it, it can it can be a lot harder to hear me. Yeah. But it's not going to change with me. I've I have so many notes to talk louder on yeah. uh, to to myself, and yeah. and I try, and I have the microphone right up to my my mouth, and it's just not the way I'm built. No, I hear you. I'm a loud person. I it I just I'm a project my voice, and it's 
not anything I intend to do. I just mm-hmm. do. And so I, I understand you're the opposite. <laughs> it's like you don't control it. You just and don't control right, it. Right. I have and to that's con- why we're very such consciously think to myself to, to speak quietly. Yeah. Like, yeah. This doesn't come naturally to me. Yeah. Um, when I was a kid, my dad told me that the greatest day of his life would be if he got called to to the school because I was talking too loud. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Um, all right. What is the funniest comment you've ever heard about the podcast? Um, I have one. There's there's one. There's another one, too, that I know you heard about me that I thought was really funny. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, that your friend thought that I was like goth or something right? yeah really dark like and yeah some some word that that she used that was like oh edgy that's edgy, what it was edgy edgy yes that's, <laughs> that's so funny you're so not edgy <laughs> and then then my favorite one i have a friend who who listened who she didn't know that i was on this podcast when we met and so oh, yeah. So we talked to each other and like we were working together and she suddenly said, oh, my gosh, I just realized who you are. And so that was really fun to, to like yeah. have a fan in a weird yeah. way. Um, but she told me many months later um, after she had had a couple of beers that she thought that I had a, a spider neck tattoo. <laughs> Because on my on my um, Goodreads account where she had she had added me mm-hmm. um, when she started listening to the podcast, I've got a picture from from a Halloween costume where I was dressed as like a, a spider lady, and so I I taped little spider confetti pieces kind of coming out of my the neckline of my dress up into my hair, mm-hmm. and so she she just kind of thought that I was that kind that I had a neck tattoo, <laughs> and I. I could not stop laughing because I can't think of anything less like me than than that. Um, so that was that was my favorite. Uh, that is too funny. I also <laughs> so this isn't this isn't the funniest, but it was the the comment that made me scratch my head is somebody wrote a review of our podcast and said we gave too much of the books away, oh, and yeah. I try very carefully to only share what is. On the publicly back, available basically. right yeah, yeah like yeah. it's on the back of the book it's in a review and i do admit reviews sometimes give too much away so maybe i shouldn't yeah. do that but uh sometimes i'm relying on reviews to refresh my memory and i don't really um recall how far into the book things happen but yeah that was one that i just sort of was like really do we like i yeah. didn't know we did because i feel like i try very hard to stick with how the book is described right uh, and but it, again i'm this person probably had a legitimate point, but it was the one that made me stop and think. I had never thought about. It. I had well, never and, thought and it, about that—that that, that would be something right. that somebody would say. And that's kind of a tricky balance too, because we don't just want to regurgitate right. the the, bla- the blurb on the back of the book, right. and so you do have to like say some either extra plot points or mm-hmm. just our right. thoughts. Right. Like, like there, there has to be some other content right. to it. And so, but I, I agree that I, I try really hard to not go beyond um, what is is pretty known about the book. Um, but so, but sometimes things can, can happen really early in the beginning of a book and, and we include it and we'll say that, but um, but different people like different levels. So, so that's, it, it was good feedback, but. Yeah, it but was good feedback. It, it did was, make us think. Yeah, it definitely, yeah, it definitely was something that had to be. 
uh, considered. Uh, so I have a question that's not a listener question, but I listen when I edit, so I'm going to consider <laughs> myself a listener. What is your favorite episode we've ever done? Or do you have one? Oh, ever done. I don't know that I, I, I know that, I don't know if it's an individual episode, but I do really, really love when, when we do the, um, the end of the year and the superlative episodes, just because I do feel like those get a little bit more into our true feelings about a book and Mm -hmm. less about remaining neutral about, Mm -hmm. about things. Um, I always think that that's really enjoyable to, to say when I do and do not like something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and i don't i don't tend to talk about books that i really really like dislike like the book i'm mm-hmm. reading right now i'm not liking at all and so i'm going to talk about something i finished recently instead mm-hmm. um but i definitely have talked about books where i i could see the benefits of them but mm-hmm. i wasn't personally right. liking it myself um but i tried to have that, that not come across so um so it's kind of freeing to be able to say yeah this is this one was a huge disappointment to mm-hmm, me or this mm-hmm. one was was i think overrated or whatever mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. um so i would say that i don't mm-hmm. i don't think that there's one that stands out in particular as being number one mm-hmm. favorite though mm-hmm. how would how would you go on that yeah i love the superlatives episode episodes now we've done two of them i mean those mm-hmm. those have been really fun i thought and were a fun way to talk about books that were slightly different from best of the year favorites of the year and uh so yeah I really liked I've really liked both of those episodes and I just told Anne before we started recording I'm, I also have been enjoying episodes where we don't have to do a whole lot of preparation <laughs> not that I do a whole lot of preparation before the other ones but I do think about what books I want to talk about make some notes just so I can help refresh my memory about right. plot points and things and so it's been an, it's been nice the last I don't know gosh three episodes now that we haven't uh, I haven't really had to prepare for so yeah I've been enjoying the more chatty conversational ones we've been having and the superlatives yeah. are like that I I choose my books ahead of time but I don't I don't think about what I'm going to say about them or anything like that I yeah. just want to talk I, would... and, uh, I don't know it's, I just like I just like that approach to thinking about books like what what got you out of a reading slump? What was the biggest right. surprise? Like th- I think that's a really fun way to to look at books. So. Right. Yeah. yeah I would favorite. I would agree with that. I I think too. Like I'm I'm someone you're you're able to talk off the cuff a lot more than I am, and I um I get pretty in my head about what I say mm-hmm. um on the podcast, and that's maybe something else that's a fun tidbit that very often I write to you after as I'm listening and say oh my gosh, I can't believe I said this. I sound so stupid. Why did I say this? And you're like, it's okay. You have to kind of talk me down on stuff. Um, and and so I do do a lot of prep work because um, I get pretty bad social anxiety when I'm doing these. And so if I get fixated on a word that I'm not able to recall instantly, then it it spirals really fast in my head and I, I sort of freeze. And so, so I found that by writing things out, that really helps me to to not deal with that emotion so Mm -hmm. um so having said that I also think that it gives me a formality that I don't always like when I'm listening to myself Mm -hmm. because I'm a pretty goofy person in real Mm -hmm. life and so that can sometimes be frustrating where I'm like I know that I have to do it this way but it's also making me sound a little bit more um I guess it's professional so that's not a bad thing but but less like like you yeah yeah because yeah. I'm because I'm really goofy so yeah. <laughs> um 
so that's that's just the give and take on right, on it. Right. So it is nice right. when we have these these ones that don't rely on any kind of um, recalling of details or anything like that because I do mm-hmm. feel like I can just talk and not get as as anxious about it. Yeah. So the other day I had to record a video introduction of myself uh, for something having to do with work. And oh my gosh, Anne, I could not say my job title. <laughs> I don't know why. I So Jeremy was nice enough to, to record me just on my phone. And I got it the first time, no problem. But one of my dogs started barking and so we had to re-record it. Uh-huh. And I could not get it out. I could not get it out. I couldn't. <laughs> It was one of those things, like you say, you get fixated on how you say we're like, it was, I just couldn't do it. And so finally, I don't know how many tries it took. It was like five or something before oh finally. My and I had to say it finally in a way that didn't really come very natural, naturally to me. And yeah. when I watched it back, I thought, yeah, that doesn't sound normal, but it was the only way I could actually say right. the words of my job title. Right. It was hilarious. I was like, what am I doing? It's I so frustrating. I should not be allowed to be on camera. <laughs> Do you want to hear an awesome, and by awesome, I mean horrible story of, of social anxiety? Of course. <laughs> so I went to a book talk. And the, <laughs> these ladies are giving, giving this presentation about a book called Monster She Wrote that's about the history of women writing horror, like, like through all of history so like 19th century and stuff like that so so it was this fascinating book and they were so interesting to talk to but no one was asking questions afterward Mm -hmm. and so I come up with some like I wanted to know sort of how how they were placing gothic in the oh right in the um scope of horror and so I I just didn't think of the question first I just was got nervous that no one was saying Mm -hmm. anything so I raised my hand and asked a really convoluted question that they kind of were like uh I don't like had like they were trying to do the work to make it into an answer because I hadn't given them anything and so then I felt so stupid that when I went to get my book signed they asked me what my name was and and how to spell it and I misspelled my three letter first name because I was so anxious I put an e on it and she wrote it and I went oh I messed up and she'd already written it and so she had to just like cross out the e told this story to someone else and they're they're like like your full name right and I said no just my first name yeah oh yeah go for it I I don't care about the humiliation on that I deserve it Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. So let's do a couple more questions and then we will, we will call it a night. Uh, So uh, there was one question. How long have you two known each other? And I actually don't know the answer to this, but I thought you will because you will know when you started working at Beaufort County and I don't know that. Yeah. So, so Hallie was on my uh, interview committee Mm -hmm. at at Beaufort. And so we met via uh, video chat actually um, for my interview and, um, and then I got that job. So that would have been in 2012. Wow. 10 years. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Coming up on 10 years. So, yeah. so, um, and then we, we met each other pretty regularly. We, we worked in different parts of the county. Mm-hmm. So, so we were about as far away from each other 
as you, you could be within the same system. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But we would see each other at meetings and we were friendly and we liked mm-hmm. each other, but we weren't really friends. Right. And so then it was, it was because of the podcast that right. we actually started spending time with each other regularly. Yeah. And I, I remember at the beginning, I wasn't nervous about it in, mm-hmm. in terms of how it would go or even getting along with you or anything mm-hmm. like that. But I, I, my social anxiety just was like, this is this is hard because it's right, a person right. you're not very familiar with and so right. then it was like oh this is great that it just sort of flows easily and so then right. we became really good friends just as a result of of doing this and like mm-hmm. just talking and stuff and yeah. so so it's been like that was one of the things when we stopped doing it that I I was really it wasn't so much I mean it was the podcast itself right. too but I I wrote I remember writing to you and saying mm-hmm. I just we both are not using social media as much yeah. as we used to. And I just am really missing having, having this friendship. And yeah. so it wasn't like we weren't talking, but we just were not as, as present online as right, we, right. we had been. And so, um, and so we just wanted to rectify that. Yeah. 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 It's funny to think about now. We weren't really friends before we started a podcast. Yeah. Like friends, weird. like social, like, yeah. Like yeah. you said, like we were friendly at work, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's okay. really weird. I know it's funny to think about now. All right, let me. We have a few more more questions than we have time for. So, uh, <laughs> how often do you know what books the other person is doing in advance of the podcast? So we do generally know what the other person is going to talk about, just so we don't overlap on what right. we're talking about. Uh, but we don't know what the person is going to say. And I will say, sometimes there are last minute changes. So we have a doc. I think we've talked about this before. We mm-hmm. use Google Docs, and we both get in there and, and our, add our things. And so there have been times where Anne has not put her books in yet when I put my books in or vice versa. And so then I'm not really seeing what she's going to be talking about until we start recording. Mm-hmm. And then I, I can see all of them right there. But um, And then every once in a while there will be a last-minute switch of maybe what I'm reading that week or something like that. But um, So I don't know. Usually it's probably a couple of days, I would say, on average that we see it. We don't yeah. really talk. We don't really talk much about what we're gonna say about them. Do you think? Yeah, I guess sometimes really. we'll say. I guess every once in a while we'll be like, "Oh, there's this book that we're gonna. I'm gonna talk about that I love, or I really don't like, or whatever yeah. it is." But I don't think that we often. Or maybe advice on how to how approach to something in a book it. that yeah. that um, we want to be careful in in how right. like. Yeah. There, there have definitely been books that I haven't liked where I've, I've said I want to convey what's good about it. Right. How do you think I should approach this? But, right. Right. Um, but for the most part, yeah, it's just sort of we plop it in the, the Google Doc and then, yeah. uh, we don't tend to over. I mean, I, there have been a couple of times we've had the same idea for a book mm-hmm. where the other person has said, "Oh, dang, I was going to use right. that one," right. but, um, but yeah, yeah it just sort of works it itself works out. out. Well, we have so- well, yeah. Our hardest time with it, what I think, was this last year when we were reading a lot of the same books because right. of the committee. And, but even that wasn't, there weren't too many overlaps, I don't think. Yeah, uh, yeah there's just so many. We have such different reading tastes, and there are so many books out there that I think there are always, always opportunities. There, occasionally there have been topics where I feel like one of us doesn't have a whole lot of books to choose from. Right. As far as what we have person, personally read. So we will, if that's the case, we sort of say to the other one, like, hey, I really need this. Like, I really yeah. need to be able to talk about this one because I only have three books that I've read that are on this. That right. Would fit, and that, that I want to recommend. Because basically that's what we're doing, right? We're recommending books. Right. And so we may have read other books that would fit. But if we're going to talk about them positively, we want to make sure they're books we would recommend. So Yeah. Or books that we just don't happen. remember right. enough about. Right. To, so, so you only have three 
right. you feel confident right, right. <laughs> saying anything up about. Like, please let me have this book. I don't remember any other ones. Yeah. Um, okay, so there, we'll do two more questions because there's one that I think is a really interesting question and then there's one that your sister submitted that I know she wants us to answer. So... Uh, <laughs> We'll end, we'll end with the one that we, she wants us to answer because I, I, I don't know. I don't know how long it'll take, but I don't think it'll take that long. Um, all right. So if you met someone on the street who said they were really, really into reading, what genre would you place your bets on them being into? And do you think there's a stereotype that the genres of people who like to talk about reading, like, does that make sense? Yes. Know, that, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So what would your answer to this be? I would, I would say thrillers i think as as the thing that people generally that might not be true in other years like mm-hmm. like 10 years ago that might not have been the case well 10 years ago is when when gone girl came out so right. maybe maybe it would have been but but i feel like lots of casual I, I guess i'm thinking of it as a casual reader right um that that's what lots of people are are being um shown mm-hmm in in pop culture Mm -hmm. and so that's that's kind of what i'm i'm picturing from the question but i but i do think that i've i've sort of complained about this to you that i feel like on social media if someone says they're a reader so often it's it's ya Mm -hmm. and how much bookstagram and how much um um just the book world that Mm -hmm. that is very social media savvy is Mm -hmm. is young adult book readers yep. but but adults who are reading young adult right. books and so for a long time that kind of frustrated me that I felt like there's there's not a lot of space for like like there, there's just a really specific look to that that kind of account too where it's lots of series and mm-hmm. lots of books turned out and lots of like like Funko Pops to go with everything mm-hmm. like it just it felt like that was what a reader is on social media and so so that's sort of what I imagine too for for someone who who says I'm a reader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think thriller is where I was going to go to. I, I I don't. Yeah, I I don't know. I would have a very hard time. Like I I would want to ask more questions before I place them anywhere. I, <laughs> right, my, it goes against my, your training. It goes against everything in me to say. Oh well, they're clearly unless unless they. I don't know, said something that tipped me off, but I would have I would have a tough time placing somebody, I think, in a genre. It's a great question because it's yeah. making me think really hard. But like, I mean, yes, I think generally, especially women around my age right now that I know, a lot of them are reading a lot of thrillers or, yeah. or are hearing about a lot of thrillers, so that's what they're reading. Uh, if it's somebody who's a pretty avid reader, I don't know that I could think of kind of a stereotype I mean, romance readers really like to talk about romance. That's true. Um, and they have a really strong community to talk right. about that. So that's sort of where my head goes. But I think, I don't know, like fantasy and sci-fi fans do, but I think they, they talk about it in their communities. You know, yeah. I don't know that they would strike up a conversation with me. Although the library, I think there would be people like who got super into these kind of epic fantasies who like talking yeah. about them. So. But yeah, I would say kind of the casual reader, I would suspect, would be... Um, thrillers, whatever the Reese Witherspoon picks are, like that mm-hmm. sort of that sort of book. Yeah, um, where the Look, I'm looking at the question now too, and I yeah. and and it does say really, really into reading, and right. so so yeah. that's tricky because there's lots of people I know who who are really, really into reading, but they're they're into whatever is a bestseller, right? And that's 
that's kind of the library environment that that right. I think we both worked in that mm-hmm. that it was very focused on on what was big in the news and so yeah. um and those were really avid readers but they weren't into discoverability right right on their own very much right. and so if it were someone that's that's saying I'm a reader yeah that's hard and literary fiction could be its own thing yeah. too like someone yeah. who who claims to be a reader could also be someone who's who feels really strongly about language and right, right. and writing and so um yeah, I I still lean toward thriller as my number one, but mm-hmm. um, but as librarians, it can't be that simple because no. we're trained to not yeah. just listen to the one question. <laughs> yep, yep. So this is a very hard. You stumped us here on this one. This is a hard question. All right, last question. Hallie, what's your favorite Ohio food? And Anne, what's your favorite Arizona food? Ooh, do you want to go first? I'm struggling to think what this would be. So the first Ohio food that comes to mind is our um, Buckeyes, which are, which are like peanut butter balls dipped in chocolate, uh-huh. little candies. But I don't like chocolate, so it's not my favorite. <laughs> it's just the first thing that comes to mind with Ohio. That's funny because you make Buckeyes. I do. People love those things. Yeah. Yeah, people love those things. Um, I like Sometimes I like making things that I don't, that I'm not tempted to eat. Yeah. Uh, because I like the process of making stuff and I don't always want a bunch of stuff around the house that I'm going to mm-hmm. snack on. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. You go because I have to think about this a little bit. I don't know that I'm going to come up with an answer. I think that's going to disappoint your sister. But... <laughs> uh, I mean, I have so much to pick from. I could just say Mexican right. generally and because there's so much good Mexican food. But I think my sister knows what I'm going to answer because it is a true Arizona food and it is a cheese crisp. And I didn't know until recently that that was not something that everyone knew about. What is that? I've never it's, heard of It's a tortilla that has just melted grated cheese on top of it. Oh, yeah. And so you you take the tortilla. And, like, this is the food of my childhood that, mm-hmm. that anytime you're annoying your mom and asking what's for dinner and or saying you're hungry, she she says, go make a cheese crisp. And And I thought that's what everyone did. But apparently, like... I guess other places would say like go make a peanut butter sandwich or something like that but that's this is what this is so ubiquitous to my Mm -hmm. to my experience so um so you can kind of gussy it up where like I like to put um canned green chilies on it too Mm -hmm. um but then you put it in the oven and when I was a kid I wanted it to be softer and so I'd very often say like can you make it in the in a pan or something like that so it won't get quite 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 as crisp and as an adult I just want to take it as far as it can go and I feel like there's a place like I don't want it to be melty cheese I want it to be almost like like hardened cheese so it's almost like this cracker and so oh my gosh they're so good and if you go the other key is that in Arizona we have uh, Sonoran style um, tortillas Mm -hmm. and they're a lot flakier and um, pullier I guess (laughs) than um than your average tortillas and so you so I kind of had forgotten how good they were until I went home for my mom's funeral and I made an awful lot of cheese crisps that that week because it's the kind of thing where everyone has their own thing going on you're sort of like I just need to eat something I need something fast and you can make a cheese crisp in two minutes and when I had that kind of tortilla and it's just like separating from itself oh my god I bought 50 of them and I brought them home and put them in my freezer and I'm trying nice. not to eat them too quickly because they are perfection and 
Um, but you can do all like I've, I thought it would be really fun to do a, a cheese crisp party at some point and have mm-hmm. like different toppings and people can do like chorizo on it or just hot sauce on it or all kinds of different things. But you could you could make that really fun. But um, I did have I had a friend, a childhood friend who told me that she learned that they were not a national thing because she went to a restaurant in Washington, D.C. and she ordered one. Oh and they didn't know what she was talking about and she <laughs> it just made me laugh so hard that she's she's like can I have a cheese crisp and they just looked at her <laughs> what is that yeah I would not uh, know what that was oh they're so good oh okay um we will save some of our questions for our 200th episode uh, <laughs> because we have some more we didn't get to uh, but thank you all who submitted questions that was a lot of fun to, yeah so nice to look back and and just chat for a little while so thank you thank you thank you if you submitted a question and thanks Uh, for listening for 100 episodes thank you for listening for 100 episodes all right well we will be right back with what we're reading this week okay Anne, what are you reading this week um, so as I said earlier, I'm reading a book I'm not liking very much. So I'm going to talk about a book I finished a couple of days ago. And I apologize. Um, I've been talking about memoirs every week <laughs> for the past three weeks. And this is another one, um, which I was, was sort of the reason why I wasn't going to talk about it. But it was really enjoyable and really shocking to me how enjoyable it was. And it is Stories to Tell by Richard Marks. Oh. And right? Yeah. Not my not my kind not of book. Not your thing. No. 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 So... Again, this is for a professional obligation that I'm reading this book, and I was not looking forward to it. And so I put it specifically toward the end because I just thought, oh, this is this is just going to be so boring. And so I was so surprised by how much I enjoyed this book. So I should also say that I consider Richard Marx's era of music probably my most hated mm-hmm. of everything like that late 80s early 90s mm-hmm. adult contemporary music is just makes my ears bleed pretty much and um and so I was like I, why will I care about anything he has to say about these these songs but it was really interesting to hear how he he sort of crafted them and he's had this very um he's very grateful and very aware of his good Mm -hmm. fortune. And Mm -hmm. that is, that's really refreshing to like, he's, he obviously knows he's talented Mm -hmm. and I can see his talent. I I cannot like the stuff he's producing and still see that it's, he's super, super prolific and super, um, you know, I can't write a song. So it's, it's pretty amazing that he's written as many hits as he has, Mm -hmm. but he, um, he talks about how he's just been in the right place at the right time and that he's sort of willed, people into his life by having good intentions and so he Mm -hmm. he has he was discovered by Lionel Richie basically by by putting his songs like giving his songs to his friends and then through various people people knew other people who got it eventually to Lionel Richie and he really liked his songs and um and asked him to come out to California and and uh and meet him and so Mm -hmm that's sort of how his life has gone. And so he's worked with all these people that, that are um, really varied. He's, he's worked with country stars. He's worked with, um, he wrote, um, uh, what's the InSync song I'm thinking of? Um, it's an InSync ballad that I can't think of the name of right now, but, but he, like people that, that I would not necessarily expect him to right. be part of their, their careers. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so it was just, I was just so surprised by this. And so I found myself really looking forward to listening to, to the book um, as I was driving home every day because, because he's really engaging and really smart in the way that he talks about the, the um, events of his career. And he's really, he edited edited his life very very intelligently so mm-hmm. he he doesn't go into a lot of detail actually he barely mentions his later albums because they mm-hmm. weren't hits and they weren't right. like no one cares about him crafting an album that no one knows they want right, to know about right. him writing waiting for you right and so he's he's just he's very good at pacing it in ways that make the reader care mm-hmm. um i will also confess that i <laughs> definitely thought he was a christian artist oh really <laughs> so yeah and so i got like probably know 25 percent into the book and i kept thinking when is he gonna talk about start like his christian rock roots <laughs> i don't know why he's just overlooking that and why he's swearing so much this doesn't make any sense and i realized i was uh conflating him with um michael w smith because oh, they yes they have really similar voices and really right. similar songs and so I thought they were the same person, <laughs> so <laughs> I felt pretty goofy. But um, so but it was a huge surprise to me, and so um, that to me is is when I really love. Like I I wouldn't buy this book by any means. It's it's not a favorite book of the year for me. But I love that experience of thinking I'm going to hate this, and right. then and having Big someone surprise. be an engaging enough voice that then they can make me care about something that I truly dislike. Right. I. I, I still hate his songs but i cared about him writing those songs so right. um so I've, I've just really enjoyed it i definitely do not want to have richard mark stuck in my head anymore which i have had for the last week i'm ready to move on from that um but i don't know when that will happen because he does write a very very catchy song so that he, is that stories to tell by richard marks all right well i am reading a book that it doesn't come out until April 5th, so I'm sorry about that. But it is called <laughs> The Lifeguards by Amanda Eyre Ward. And the book starts out, and I'm be- feeling very nervous about even saying this, but given what the comment I told you or told our listeners about somebody saying we give too much away. But it truly mm-hmm. does happen at the very beginning. The book starts out with three teenage boys coming back to their home, homes, uh, and they each are panicked because they found a dead body on a greenway <gasps> that's in their neighborhood. So what's, what's apparent right off the bat is that the mothers of each of these boys immediately go into protection mode. And it's very clear that they're all suspecting their, boy, the, their sons had something to do with this. But the, the boys are saying, we found her, we found this, we found this person. Um, but the, it's clear that the mothers are like, not saying it out loud, but they're immediately going into, we have to protect these kids. And they live in a pretty affluent neighborhood in Austin. And the three moms are friends, but they have kind of this competitive sort of relationship of paying close attention to the status of the others. There's one who has struggled a bit more in her life. And, and so there's a power, kind of a power dynamic there between um, the other women and her and kind of what they provide her with kind of thing. I don't know. It's just, it's an interesting dynamic. Um, and, and then at the same time, it's all of this is starting to unfold and you're, you're learning about who the person was that was found uh, and what, what her backstory is. You're learning about the boys' backstories and they all have secrets and then the mom's backstories and they all have secrets. So 
It sounds like a thriller as I'm describing it, and that's sort of what I thought it was when I picked it up. But I would say, and, and it clearly has that tension there about what happened, who did it, why, what's going on. Uh, but it's it's very much more in the vein of like a Leon Moriarty book, sort oh, of okay. like Big Little Lies or something like that, where it's it's the it's more of an undercurrent of of tension and mystery, mm-hmm. and there's a lot more about the the characters and their relationships to each other and how they're reacting to what's happening. So. It's not a thriller in the way I think of a thriller, I would say. You know, it's not like that tense, what's going to happen next, what's going to happen next. Right. It's more character-driven than that. But I'm really enjoying it. I'm maybe a little more than halfway through, so I don't I don't know how it turns out at this point. Um, but I, I'm enjoying it quite a lot. I think it will make a great throw-in-your-bag-and-go-to-the-beach-go-to-the-pool kind of book. It's like that that sort of lighter read but that's that's pretty gripping and yeah. you want to you want to find out what happens uh so that is the lifeguards by amanda air ward all right so wrapping up 100 episodes Ooh. thank you Anne. um if you would like to get in touch with us to give us feedback or suggestion or if you have a question that you didn't get it in time you're welcome to reach out to us with any questions you can email us at wellreadpod at gmail.com you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Well Read Podcast. Um, thank you all so much for listening for however many episodes you've been listening to us. We really <laughs> appreciate that anyone cares what we have to say and tunes in to, to uh, listening to us talk about books. It's one of our favorite things to do to talk about books. So we appreciate all of you and we thank all of you for for listening and, and sticking with us even when we take unexpected breaks and things like that (laughs) um our theme music is kitten by poddington bear we keep our show notes at wellreadpodcast.wordpress.com where ann keeps excellent records of every book we talk about in every episode Uh, thank you all for listening